Welcome to the Labor Force Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Strukin, proud member of New York State United Teachers. UAW, UAW, UAW. Workers at Hyundai Seoul U.S. plant in Montgomery, Alabama, have announced a major milestone in their campaign to join the UAW, with over 30% of auto workers at the plant having signed union cards. So that's another one. In a new video, Montgomery Can't Wait, Hyundai workers speak out on the ties between the union movement at the Korean automaker and the civil rights legacy of Montgomery, the city where Rosa Parks sat down and where thousands of Hyundai workers are ready to stand up. Here it is. Welcome to Montgomery, Alabama, the birthplace of the civil rights movement, where Dr. King first preached. Montgomery, Alabama, the city where Rosa Parks sat down, and the city where thousands of Hyundai workers are ready to stand up. 20 years ago, Hyundai opened their first U.S. plant here in Montgomery. A foreign company got a quarter of a billion dollars in American taxpayer money. And we got promised good, safe jobs. 20 years later, we're still waiting. Hyundai's profits are through the roof. While we're some of the lowest paid auto workers in the country, we make the cars. But we can't afford the bother. We put in the sweat, but we don't see the profits. Hyundai makes billions, while Alabama auto workers fall behind. They've always tried to divide us. But we're standing together. They told us to wait our turn, but we're done waiting. We're done waiting. We're done waiting. For years now, I have heard the word wait. This wait has almost always meant never. Hyundai workers can't wait. Our families can't wait. Montgomery can't wait. We're ready to stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth. The announcement marks the third major breakthrough in the national movement of non-union auto workers organizing to join the UAW in the wake of the historic stand-up strike victory at the big three auto companies. Over 10,000 non-union auto workers have signed union cards in recent months, with public campaigns launched at Volkswagen in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and Mercedes in Vance, Alabama, while workers at over two dozen other facilities continue to organize. Some of the workers' stories are unbelievable and from a company, of course, generating billions in profit. From the UAW's press release, I'm getting close to retirement, and the company has literally broken me down, said Drina Smith, team member who has spent most of her 19 years at Hyundai in the paint shop and has had rotator cuff surgery on both shoulders and carpal tunnel surgery in one hand. We need compensation for that for when we retire, not just a cake and a car discount for a car we can't afford to buy because we won't have any income. We need a real retirement. We need to win our union. My oldest son works at the plant over on General Assembly, said Dwayne Naylor, who currently does body shop quality control. I went through 14 years in GA, and I know what it'll do to your body over there. I don't want the younger generation to go through what we did. Over the last 10 years, most of my raises have been just 12 or 13 cents an hour. The price of their cars, they go up every year. But my pay don't. 
If we don't get the union here, our pay will never keep up. I was a temp at Hyundai from 2014 to 2017. I made $11.03 an hour the entire time, said Ronald Terry, a team member on Final 3 and 5 in General Assembly. They kept saying, just wait a little longer. You'll make it to full time. I finally did. The pay is still mediocre. With the union, we can bring our pay and benefits up to a higher standard. That's how you motivate your workers. It's not just good for us. It's good for the product we produce. When you're injured, management pushes you back on the line too soon, said Peggy Howard, who works on F1 final and general assembly. I had surgery on my rotator cuff in September, and I had to go back to work the last of December. I didn't get the two weeks ramp up, and now I'm having pains all over again. I had a cortisone injection three weeks ago, and I'm about to go back for another injection. If that doesn't work, the doctor told me you'll have to do the surgery over again. We need to make our job safer. We need the union. Here's when I knew we needed the union, said Quichelle Liggins, a quality inspector at Hyundai. My youngest son had a basketball game, and I scheduled a half day of vacation time. Someone was supposed to come to the line to relieve me, but no one came. Finally, I clocked out and I missed the first quarter of his game. They still wanted to write me up for job abandonment. We had to go in front of team relations, and I explained what happened, that I was legit in having this personal day and my group leader stopped me and said, this job is more important than your family. At that moment, I just froze. That was sickening. I knew things at Hyundai had gone too far. Yeah, there's no stopping now. It's only a matter of time as this momentum builds and builds. These workers aren't scared. They're beat down and fed up. Capitalism's ultimate jig is ultimately up. So again, stay tuned. They're only getting started. And from the Teamsters Thursday... Teamsters General President Sean M. O'Brien demanded Anheuser-Busch deliver its last, best, and final offer after the company wasted another negotiating session putting forth an unacceptable proposal that threatens to kill Teamster jobs by closing breweries and permanently laying off Teamsters system-wide. After refusing to commit to protecting Teamster jobs since mid-November, Anheuser-Busch executives returned to the bargaining table this week with an offer to butcher the good-paying jobs behind its products. If the company does not reverse course and come to terms on an agreement that rewards and protects workers, 5,000 Teamsters will be forced to go on strike as soon as March 1st. Anheuser-Busch Teamsters are united nationwide. Our members are only getting stronger and more unified with every shameless and insulting offer this company has the gall to come up with, said Jeff Patilaro, director of the Teamsters Brewery, Bakery, and Soft Drink Conference. I want to be very clear that our members will not work a minute past the February 29th expiration of our current contract without an agreement in hand that is worthy of their labor. Despite repeated requests by the union, Anheuser-Busch delayed contract negotiations for the last two months. As a further sign of disrespect, the company's negotiators also refused this week to agree to the union's request for Juneteenth as a paid holiday. Anheuser-Busch proposed that Teamsters give up an existing contractual holiday which is a non-starter for workers. Last week, O'Brien and Pat Alaro gave Anheuser-Busch a full copy of the model contract that Anheuser-Busch teamsters across the country overwhelmingly pre-ratified. With 94% approval by workers, the model agreement includes language protecting jobs, recapturing lost union work, increasing retirement benefits, and boosting wages. On December 16th, Thousands of Teamsters at 12 Anheuser-Busch breweries voted by 99% to authorize a strike, 
should the company fail to reach an agreement on a new five-year deal. Teamsters at Anheuser-Busch brew, package, and ship Budweiser, Bud Light, and other products, maintain breweries and equipment, and care for the world-famous Clydesdales. Sounds to me like a strike is probably going to happen, given everything that's mentioned there. So we'll keep eyes on that one. In the meantime, I would say no money to Budweiser whatsoever until that contract is ratified. I want to mention two ways you can support the Labor Force podcast. Working people need each and every voice raised for them they can get. You can click support on my Spotify for Podcasters page, or you can become a Patreon member at patreon.com slash laborforcepodcast. Each starts at just a dollar per month. Much appreciation for your contribution. Finally, a follow-up on Florida's child labor situation. As reported by the Associated Press, a year after Florida enacted a new law making it more difficult for employers to hire immigrants in the country illegally, the House passed a bill Thursday to let 16- and 17-year-olds work longer and later hours. The bill would remove restrictions prohibiting 16- and 17-year-olds from working more than eight hours when they have classes the next day and from working more than 30 hours a week when school is in session. The House passed it on an 80-35 to 35 vote. Supporters said teenagers and their parents know how to best manage their time and activities, and lifting employment restrictions will help them build careers and earn money, especially with the current labor shortage. Opponents said the changes would make it easier for employers to exploit children, and longer hours could negatively affect schoolwork. Nearly one million searches have been performed for how can I get a job as a teen. They want to work. This bill gets government out of their way to choose a path that's best for them, said Republican Representative Linda Cheney, who sponsored the bill. The hearing was interesting, and shows supporters like Representative Cheney have their talking points and assertions, but let's put it mildly and say, little substantiation. Representative Nixon... Thank you so much, Mr. Speaker, and thank you so much, Representative. I'm gonna. I'm curious about just the mental health impact, you know, of uh, of your bill. So, you see, before the mental health professionals observe that working helps stabilize people struggling with mental health conditions, maybe helps manage their emotions and learn to get along with others. But could you also provide data or evidence that states kids who work longer hours during the school year, for instance, more than 20 hours a week or 30 hours a week? perform better academically than those kids who work less. Is there any data to support that? Representative Cheney. States who adopt similar uh, legislation have some of the highest graduation rates in the country. Sorry, Representative, you're recognized for a follow-up. Representative Scamani. Thank you so much. Is there any data for the the correlation of that? Because as you probably know, correlation doesn't always equal causation. So is any data showing a cause, a connection, or is it just a coincidence? Representative Cheney. This bill doesn't contemplate data like that. Just follow up, follow up. Representative Eskimani, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I guess my question is, could there be other factors for, for, for instance, better mental health resources, better tutoring resources, uh, uh, better wages for families in those other states that could impact those graduation rates? Representative Cheney. I don't know. Follow-up, Representative Eskimani, you recognize. Thank you so much, Mr. Speaker. Um, is there a concern that, you know, a child who has to work overtime to support their family, for example, uh, may struggle in school because of that? Representative Cheney. I spoke to a superintendent yesterday who said he thought that this bill would actually help families who have financial um, 
issues right now with the uh, record unemployment that some of them are having to work that maybe previously didn't. And he said what they're doing is working under the table or doing side hustles. And so he felt this bill was going to help that population and actually provide them with a career path and some protections. Um, And I was reminded that the CEO of Publix started as a bagger. So these hourly entry-level positions actually lead to careers. Jeff Eskimani, you're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Have you spoken to other superintendents and what are their perspectives? Representative Cheney. I've spoken to superintendents who've contacted me. Representative Eskimani, any other further questions? You're recognized. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Um, I know in your introduction you mentioned the nearly a million searches have been performed on how can I get a job as a teen. Um, is this where's this data come from? Is it Florida based? Do you have information to verify that teens are searching that versus adults searching that? What where's the foundation for that stat? Representative Cheney, you recognize. That's our dear friend, Mr. Google. Mr. Google. <laughs> you can't make it up. You just can't. The Senate has a similar bill that doesn't go as far as the House. Republican Senate President Kathleen Pasadomo said she's heard too many concerns from parents about young people working all hours of the day and night and not sleeping and not getting an education. The Senate bill needs approval from two more committees before reaching the full chamber. We want to allow students or kids that want to work to do that, but our number one priority is to make sure they don't sacrifice their education, Pasadomo said. So there you have it. All we have to do is end mandatory education, and we'll be all set. Well, that's all for today's show. I think that's quite enough for now. Solidarity. Talk soon. So thanks for listening. Please share, rate, and review to help others find the show. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. And speaking of listening and broadening your worker contact, the Labor Force Podcast is now affiliated with the Labor Radio Podcast Network, an indispensable labor source where you can find many more shows like this one. You can check it out at laborradionetwork.org. Until next time, take care and stay union strong.